0: From interviews and investing to careers and credit, we've got you covered. Wallet Watch is a podcast brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. We'll be interviewing industry experts,
1: sharing personal stories, and even playing some fun games, delivering financial topics in a fun and interesting way. I'm one of your hosts, Amanda.
2: I'm Lindsay. And I'm Devante. We're so glad you're here. As a disclaimer, due to social distancing guidelines and keeping us all at home safely, we have recorded this episode virtually and sound quality may be impacted.
0: Hello, Wallet Watch listeners, We are so excited to be back with our first episode in season 6. This season's episodes will focus around innovation and education. Devante, what do you think of when you hear those words innovation and education?
2: I think that for me, just looking at all that's happened when we look at even over the last like year and a half or whatever, since we've been in a pandemic, we've seen so many things change, like a switching to an online platform for a lot of our jobs and things like that. Things we never thought would really be possible or that were, you know, super at the forefront to do. But in spite of that, we've had to grow. So we've had to innovate the way that we learn things. And then education is that learning process and really how it's changed drastically for us all. So why not go ahead and explore some of those different avenues? So to me, that's kind of why we decided to go with the innovation and education theme.
0: I love that. And it, it kind of makes me think too of recognizing how you learn differently as an adult, not only just professionally, but also personally as well. And the different innovations that can help you be more successful in that growth of education that you're aspiring for.
2: I love that. I love just just all of the different connections. And it just shows you that things just intersect. And I think we're going to explore some things that you may not be like, oh, yeah, that was an innovative idea. But just explore and look at that. And I know I was talking to Lindsay earlier and she was sharing this cool statistic with me. What was that statistic, Lindsay?
1: Yeah, so the statistic that I found was based off a survey done by Ernst & Young. The Global FinTech Adoption Index showed that in 2019, 64% of the global digitally active population have used one or more FinTech platforms, which is up 33% in 2017. This means that 64% of those that have a digital footprint globally are interacting with financial technology and that is huge. So just thinking about fintech, which is what this episode is dedicated to, as I was thinking about, you know, okay, what is fintech? What does that mean? As I was discussing examples with my husband or... Amanda, I know you and I were having conversations about what fintech is. I really realized like, this statistic makes a lot of sense as we were going through examples of all the different kinds of financial technology that exists nowadays.
0: What do you all think? That, that's amazing to me. Yeah, so like we were talking before, you know, realizing how often I use the financial technology and even just looking at the apps that I use on my phone regularly... I didn't really realize that the app I use to look at my credit union accounts counts as financial technology, and it's something I use, like, every day. What about you, Devante?
2: Yeah, I wonder if it is really that people have started using them more or just started realizing that, oh, okay, these are the things that I'm using. Oh, yes, this is a fintech platform. Because when we look at that statistic, really in two years the amount of usage from this particular survey doubled in size so you know it makes me think although there of course are like, like lots of fintech startups and things like that but really is it just that oh i'm now realizing that this is that financial technology like you all were just talking about or you know is it that relation of you know i'm starting to use this fintech platform more or maybe it's probably a combination of both, really. But yeah, I'm just excited for us to have this conversation today. And I will let Amanda take it away. Thanks,
0: Devante. So very excited to have a special guest today. So we have two individuals here to help us understand some more about financial technology that exists today. And They're experts in the financial industry field. Today, we have Susan Langer, Chief Executive Officer at Spade, and Ben Maxim, who is the MSU Federal Credit Union Vice President of Digital Strategy and Innovation and Chief Technology Officer at Reseda. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the podcast.
3: Thanks for having us on.
0: Yeah, thanks. Glad to be here.
2: So to start off, we always like to get to know whoever we're interviewing. So can you kind of tell us about your career journey and how you ended up where you are now?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I started at the credit union about 14 years ago now, a little longer than that. I started as a web developer, straight out of MSU's ComArts program for telecommunications information studies and media. Uh, I know that degree has been renamed a couple times, but was a really web focused and well-timed degree to get into this this field that I ended up in. Did that at the Credit union for about seven years before being into a management role over our web and mobile development team. And then we continued to expand and grow as we built our own online banking, our own mobile apps uh, for iOS and Android. Uh, and as the team grew, uh, we added a UX team uh user experience team and then we were also doing some similar things on our software development team over with our core operations so they did a lot of the integrations to the core banking system and rather than have two development teams moving forward we decided to combine them and i moved into a role as avp of software development and did that for about four years, united those teams and built out a little uh, software company and built many of the things that uh, hopefully those of you who are listening have uh, gotten to experience in your time being members of the credit union if you happen to do that. And if not, now's a great time for you to check all those out and then see all the great technology that we've built over the years. As we continue to build more and more, we did as a smaller organization and smaller team have the ability to do some more exploratory innovation type projects. And as we grew, there was less time for that. So our now CEO, April Clovis, approached me about seeing if I'd be interested in getting back to doing that uh, fun, organic innovation that we used to do as a team and then moved into a role as AVP of digital strategy innovation with the, the goal of standing up a formal innovation program for the credit union. And Of course, this was in January 2020 and came up with this great plan to execute that over a couple of years and then COVID hit a couple of months into that and we decided to just get started and figure, out, figure things out as we went. The first pilot we did was a video chat solution. We had a fintech partner that we had kind of been interested in working with on our list. And you know it was kind of a nice to have, and then COVID hit and our branches were closed, and uh, then it you know overnight became an essential project uh, for us to be able to engage with our members face to face still. And we put it through uh, what we thought the pilot program could look like, and from signed contract to initial member call in the pilot was about five weeks, which this typically would have been a ten month project for us. So really proved out uh, the concept of piloting and doing uh, MVP or uh, minimum viable product. So really, you know, doing things to accelerate it and get in front of members and get their feedback uh, as quickly as possible. The the creation of the lab at MSUFCU, which we rolled out in the fall of 2020. Through that lab, we partner with fintechs. We partner with other emerging technology startups. Typically, you know, these days, that means they do artificial intelligence or machine learning. And then we also bring in groups of uh, employees to meet and create a prototype based on one of those ideas. And for those of you who have had the opportunity to try that, and if not, you can go to ms slash the lab to see what pilot opportunities are available. Um, but we've been running pilots through there and we've done quite a few of them. Yeah. And I know we'll, I think we'll talk about them a little bit later in the conversation. But one of the the pilot opportunities that we started to explore uh, was where I met Susan uh, at an event where she was pitching her FinTech, kind I'll of let her tell that story. Um, but we found them there and that led to exploration of a pilot and then ultimately Led to Spave seeking investment from the credit union, which, as a credit union, we're not allowed to do uh, in our current structure. So we said, you know, we'd love to, but we need to figure it out. There's a lot of a mission alignment with what Spave does and what we do here at the credit union. And really, we figured out the the process, and we went back to some strategic planning uh, we had from a few years prior, where uh, we were looking at uh, alternative revenue opportunities as we approach 10 billion uh, assets size as a credit union. Uh, we need to, you know, develop some of How that looks for us, and many credit union size have formed what are called credit union service organizations, or QSOs for short, and how I'll refer to it, you know, after this this time, because it's a lot, a lot to say uh, credit union service organization over and over again. Uh, So we formed the Receda Group, I think roughly in, I will say, early spring of 2021, and then made the investment in Spave, and then Receda Group is. Uh, a wholly owned CUSO of MSFCU and then SAVE is a 80% owned by Reseda CUSO with their original corporation that we have SAVE being the other 20% owner. And with all that, I get to now wear multiple hats in my role at the credit unions. I'm now the vice president of digital strategy innovation, uh, still doing the stuff at the lab, um, but also have the uh, opportunity to be the chief technology officer for the Reseda group and then the subsidiary CUSOs uh, that come along the way. So Helping develop the technology uh, all the way from, you know, how do we get laptops to the employees to, you know, what's our roadmap for taking Spave forward?
4: Thanks, Ben. Uh, my background is in marketing, banking, and philanthropy. It's really the um, a culmination of everything that creates for Spave. The original company that I created was called Live Give Save. So in my background with banking, I realized that there was an issue with people spending a lot, (laughs) not saving a lot, and wanting to give more to their nonprofits, to the causes, to their passions that they cared most about. In 1995, I had traveled to Africa, and that is where it kind of sparked the idea of what we possibly could do. I was introduced to the concept of microfinance and micropayments, meeting these women, micro-entrepreneurs living in abject poverty who were repaying their loans at a 99% repayment rate. And I thought that is insane. How are they doing that? At the time I was marketing the nation's largest credit card portfolio for US bank. And we were not seeing those types of repayments, not anywhere near. Um, As I said, we were seeing a surge in spending and a dearth in savings. And so I thought there's gotta be a way to help people more easily save and give. At the time the technology wasn't available then. Fast forward um, uh, uh, a couple decades (laughs) and you hear about, of course, Mint has been around um, for a while where people could aggregate their accounts into one place and they could look at their budgeting. But when I heard about Acorns in particular, I was like, whoa, this is it. If Acorns can round up spare change and put it into a mutual fund, surely we can help people link their accounts and and put micro amounts into their savings and into their charities of choice. So that's where that all began. In 2015, I was working for General Mills. We uh, had a startup that we rolled out of their foundation in partnership with Cargill and USAID. And we had gotten to the point where we had built the brand and launched everything and it was going great. So I knew that it was time for me to branch out on my own and to do the startup and uh, live, give, save. And so during these last six years, we conducted a ton of research, uh, gathered information on the market, looking at all of the FinTech. It's a busy, busy, busy space out there. How could we find a point of difference and a unique value proposition within that? And what we saw really quickly and early on was that people had many apps and they were opening up many apps. And we saw that we could help them aggregate all of their apps into one place, very similar to Mint. And then to be able to help them more easily save and give, et cetera. So if you think about Spave, Spave is Mint, Acorns, Digit, which is a savings app, the United Way, and Venmo all in one. So you can open up one app and do all of those things. So Everything in my career, I felt, has divinely led me to this opportunity. And I have to say, Ben, this is our one-year anniversary of meeting. It's September 2nd of last year when we pitched at the MDC, and then everything just kind of snowballed from there. But I had been pitching, I'll tell you, I don't even know how many times I've pitched, but to different credit unions, community banks, all different types of organizations and investors, and always kind of hit a roadblock on, you know, well, you're trying to do too many things. And I knew all along we wanted to find a partnership where we checked the box, where we were an answer to what they were looking for. And that's where it happened with Ben and with MSU FCU.
1: Well, that is fabulous. And you both are obviously very accomplished in your roles. And we're so happy to uh, have the relationship that we do with you at the credit union. And both of you being as accomplished as you are. I'm sure that that came from a a place of passion. So how did that passion come about for both of you? I've always been interested in giving back
4: um, and volunteering. I'd always be the first one to raise my hand. Yeah, I'll do it. Uh, When I traveled, though, to Africa, it really, really struck a chord um, with me on how I had an obligation, a responsibility, I knew that forever my life would be changed from that moment on. And I knew forever, I wanted to help people like these women, micro entrepreneurs, find a new way to help themselves and to help others. Because as I saw each and every time that they got a loan that they that they paid off their loan, it gave them a new level of confidence, self confidence, dignity. Um, And, you know, they started out being very insecure and unable to even look us in the eye when we would greet them. When they paid off their first loan, they were looking us in the eye, they were smiling, they were happy, they were shaking our hands, they were hugging us. And then the third time we came back, oh my goodness, they were like community leaders. They were building schools, they were gathering and collaborating people to do good in their community. So I saw how important it was for individuals, if we think about it, when we have more bills than we have income, when we're not saving for our future, when we're not being able to protect our children as much as we would like to, there is a, there is a sense and a burden and an angst that is um, on our shoulders. And I wanted to create an opportunity to take that burden away and to give that experience, like I saw in these women in the developing world to every human being, particularly young, the younger generation.
3: The passionate side of, of where this came from for me was, you know, kind of from twofold. So, you know, at the Credit Union, we really try to do what we can to give back and promote financial literacy. We try to promote developing our communities to be uh, the best communities for us to, to live and work and, and be in. And, and ultimately, that's what we're boiling down to. If we bring it back to our mission statement of helping our members build their dreams, being able to have a better understanding of where your money is going, how you're spending it, and being able to give back. And Susan's story about transitioning, uh, there's a lot of financial wellness apps out there, but transitioning and adding giving as a component that's not typically thought of in that, really and transforming it into a financial wholeness app, taking it kind of to the next level, was really appealing and really set them apart from some of the other apps I had seen that were in the financial wellness space. And as our members, uh, you know, and we're still going through it, going through uh, COVID time, it is a time for us to kind of reset and move forward. And hopefully with the Spave app, we are able to provide an opportunity uh, to our members. And really now that we've taken it to the level of creating a QSO and putting it with the Reseda Group uh, and offering it eventually to other credit unions as well, uh, making it an opportunity for a lift in financial literacy and financial well-being and financial wholeness for a large, much larger audience than just our credit union members. I think that's really exciting to have the opportunity to be a part of that and to really help make that happen and really craft something that works well for, for a lot of people. So there's a lot of people who have ways to give and save today, but these are people, when we talk about doing this in roundups and microtransactions, and this app allows people to see what a small impact can add up to over time. So you may not be able to save $100 a week, but maybe you can save a dollar, or $5 or $10. And then as you get more comfortable setting that aside, you can increase that uh, over time. But then the app allows you to see what is that impact you're having by either giving or saving those amounts. And then really seeing where you're spending and other things as well to give you some insights into to how your money is, is flowing in and out of your account. You all have talked a lot about this word fintech and just being in that industry. So Ben, can you
2: kind of define what is fintech for me?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we can spread out the full words, um, financial technology. This is a, a term that we've known in the financial industry for a little while. Probably was coined roughly 2015-ish. It started to become a little bit more well-known. Um, but some examples of fintech that may be more well-known are PayPal or Venmo. Robinhood gets a lot of press these days. Chime is another one. Um, they, they all offer some level of financial services, and usually they're a maybe a more narrow offering, In a financial services company, we offer a lot of products, we offer a lot of services, but FinTechs have the opportunity to start from scratch with technology um, and really do something very well and really focus on the the user experience. And when they first came on the scene um, and they started becoming more notable, There was a concern that fintechs would take over the financial industry and banks and credit unions would go away and there would be this huge competition and fight to the end to see how this would all work. Um, But as we've become more comfortable and we've seen how the industry has evolved and really started to take off uh, very recently. In the past couple of years, with those of you who are into the venture capital scene and investing in stocks, have heard about IPOs and unicorns, who are private firms that are valued over a billion dollars. And a lot more of those firms are now in the fintech space. So it's an industry that a lot more startups are getting into. They're recognizing the opportunity to both provide better products and services and also the opportunity for them to also make some revenue as well. But really, we've now come to this kind of realization that if we partner together, we have a a loyalty built up over time. A lot of what banks and credit unions have uh, really been selling over their history dating back for centuries is really that trust uh, and relationship building. And fintechs are able to take advantage of that relationship that we've built with our members and then be given a, a platform to demonstrate their technology with an audience that may or may not try it without knowing who they are. We all have lots and lots of apps on our phone, and if they have someone that says, hey, you should try this, we support it, you're maybe more likely to try it a little bit more than what you can just randomly find in the app store. So really our hope and strategy with the Reseda Group and also with the, the LabNemus of CSU is to identify fintechs that meet the needs of groups of our members. So we're not going to find fintechs necessarily that meet all, you know, we have 310,000 members. That's a lot of people to, to find something that matches up with, um, but... The great thing about these FinTech partners is they maybe meet the needs of 20,000, 30,000, 50,000 members at a time. And we can kind of offer a menu of them or a a selection of them that really help talk to different pieces of what your financial life and wellness and experience is. They can be things that help you manage money, move money, uh, see how you're spending, give to charity, provide financial education. Some of them provide opportunities to invest. Uh, Cryptocurrency is a good example of a recent fintech craze that maybe some people have heard of. um, and and really is about enabling access and more inclusive opportunities for people to access financial products and services. And so at The Credit Union, we're trying to be that partner with these companies, help them get started. A lot of the ones we're finding, you know, luckily many of them are based here in Michigan, which is great, or in the Midwest. And we're really trying to help build that culture. It's not just, you know, people out in Silicon Valley building these technology startups. They're they're all over the country now, and and there really is a great opportunity for us as a credit union to partner with them and really move faster on some initiatives that, yes, maybe we could do them ourselves, but it may take us a year or two. Why take the time to build it when we can partner with someone and offer the technology today?
0: Thank you so much for that definition and that explanation. I think as I was preparing for our interview today, researching and learning more about fintech, I realized, oh, I'm using this already. I'm already doing it. And I think a lot of our listeners probably, after hearing you two speak on this topic, are thinking, oh, I'm already using it. So Ben, I did want to ask you too about, you have this great work ethic and you've been working on a lot of exploratory projects. What have you seen come to fruition, either with the credit union or the research that our listeners can start using today?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start with the stuff that's come out of the lab so far. I'll say again, I said in my intro, but if you're interested in seeing what we're doing, uh, we have a list of what we've, we call them green lights. Um, those are the ones that have been deemed successful and we've moved them forward. Um, we have a couple of those uh, available. And then kind of what our current offerings and what are upcoming, and we're always looking for people to help us try things. And really we want member feedback on all these these pilots to know what is the best fit for what we should pursue further. One of them is an app called FinLife, uh, MSU FinLife. We worked with a company called PocketNest to white label their technology. Uh, You can download that in the app store today for iOS and Android. And basically what you do is you create an account with them. And once you link your accounts, you're able to work through about 10 themes of different financial planning aspects like debt reduction, budgeting, insurance, and then things like estate planning. So there's a good mix in there, but really looking to be a comprehensive digital financial planner. You may not have thought of going to Edward Jones. You may not think you're able to. And a lot of people, some of these more traditional financial planners require you to have X number of dollars on deposit with them and may not be as easy for you to use depending on your situation. So really, again, this is about bringing financial planning to a wider audience or an audience that wouldn't be able to traditionally access these services. And then you know, there's some partnership with the credit union as well. So as you work through and create your financial to-do list, uh, there'll be opportunities for you to engage with the credit union in a way to maybe match up some products or services that will help you achieve your goals. So that's one example of one that's made it through. Another one is our MSUFCU CBV key. So those of you who have credit cards with the credit union, and when you are shopping online and you're asked to enter that three-digit security code and you have to go grab your card, flip it over and look at what that is, this is a dynamic version of that. So there's an app that we created uh, with a FinTech called Keynote that we white labeled again. So you just log in, similar to if you have a authenticator app for maybe some services you have at work or school or somewhere else where you have to go put in a code. Instead of using that code from the back of your card, that never changes. You get a new code, it rotates every so many hours. And then that way, and they will tell the story of how it spawned to kind of understand why this is valuable. It's really meant to prevent fraud from happening in the first place. So you don't have to deal with getting your card closed or compromised and uh, reissued to you which is a huge inconvenience and then you have to go set everything up again when the target breach happened many years ago it was because you know there was a vendor of targets that i was storing and they shouldn't have been those cvv2 card numbers in their system and then they were able to be sold and used by people who were not so good fraudsters <laughs> i guess we'll call them Kind of in that transaction, though, lots of time goes by in between getting the numbers and then selling them to someone like on the black market. So the code isn't valid uh, for very long. By the time if, let's say, you're at a, a Starbucks cafe uh, and someone had intercepted the, the Wi-Fi traffic and knew what your card was, uh, your security code was, by the time they went to go use it and sell on the black market, that code would no longer work. They couldn't actually use your card to shop. So that helps prevent fraud. Um, so those are two kind of examples. One more in the financial wellness, one more in the fraud and card security. And we also recently released a pilot of a, a homegrown solution of a financial concierge uh, where we're looking to uh, we have credit unions, banks, financial institutions all have a lot of data about our, our members, customers. Uh, we want to be able to do that and use that data in a way that makes sense. And is valuable to our members. So those of you who have used services like Stitch Fix or others where you have a questionnaire where they ask you a little bit more about your personality or goals or maybe in our case, financial literacy. So we developed a questionnaire, 10-question um, questionnaire to get it to know you a little bit better as a member, combine that with the data and products and services you're already using with us, and then provide some recommendations for different or newer products and services or some of these partners or fintechs that we're partnering with to help connect people to things that will hopefully improve their financial wellness. And then the best example of the stuff coming out of Recede, a lot of it's new, like I said, we formed Reseda at the beginning of the year. So we're doing things, we're investing in fintechs in a pure investment sense, where we're trying to improve their technology, give them the opportunity to make the technology work better for our members, work better for the industry. But then we've had the opportunity in Spave's case to become a 80% owner and really help them manage things and share services and help really get this in front of a lot of credit unions and nonprofit partners and, and help them in that experience. Um, so that is kind of the, the gem of our, our portfolio at the moment and experience. So we've, we've done a lot of work and then please keep checking back with us and see what's going on from the lab because a lot of what's happening is things will start in the lab and then they'll move over and we'll see if there's additional investment or partnership opportunities with the receiver Group. Awesome.
1: Thank you, Ben, so much for sharing all of those innovations that we're working on to help make things easier and better for all of our members and everyone at the credit union. And Susan, I want to ask you as well, can you tell us a little bit more about SPAVE and how our listeners can begin to use that in order to achieve their financial dreams that they're working on and their goals?
4: Yeah, thank you. Now, SPAVE was designed um, to be goal-driven. We know that people want goals. They try to achieve goals. The The challenge is that they're not budgeting. Few people are budgeting. It is a cause of a lot of frustration, angst, and just displeasure. So SPAVE actually was designed to help people understand their finances better in a very easy, convenient way. And so um, people can download the app now from the App Store or from Google Play. And all they have to do is link all their bank accounts together, obviously, the MSU credit union, but you can also link your target credit card in that, for example. So it's all about your spending. So every time that you spend, once you've set your goals, let's say for savings, and you want to save, let's say 5% on each purchase that you make, then SPAVE recognizes that every day from your purchases, and it will pull micro amounts from your checking account, your primary checking account that you've linked in there and direct it to your savings account, so that every time you spend, you save for yourself in a better world. And then when you link in your nonprofits, like the Death Store Fund, for example, you link that in there and you set a goal for, let's say 5%, 10%, 2%, the app will automatically see that every single night and then make those transactions um, occur and move that money. We do batch all of our transactions weekly and move that for efficiency sake, but um, you will quickly see every day as you're moving your transactions you'll see how you're impacting your future and the world so it's a lot of fun to see we also have a component or a feature within our app that is a spending analysis so you can actually look at an analysis of your spending over i don't know ben is it two years we've got a lot of data that we can analyze your spending
3: yep yeah, I, I think we can go back up to two years yeah. ultimately
4: It's so great because then you can see SPAVE stands for sharing purpose and value every day. So it's about purpose. Everybody has a purpose. And how we spend our money kind of tells us um, where our priorities are. And when we can show people where they're spending their money, it informs them and they can make better, more healthy decisions. So it's all about creating awareness for the individual and then giving them tools to make moves to achieve their goals and their dreams.
1: That is fabulous, thank you so much, Susan. And I mean, I think it's really gonna help a lot of people be able to spend then with intention by being able to review that, but then also save and maybe a little bit more mindlessly if that tends to be a challenge for a lot of people because I know it's a challenge for me. So um, knowing that I have something working with me to be able to make those, those dreams a reality, that is truly awesome.
4: Our goal was really to put control, choice, convenience and community in the palm of the consumer's hand so that whatever they're doing, whatever they're engaged in, they'll always know where they're at financially, but then they'll be able to choose how they want to manage their money, where they want to put their savings, how they want to contribute to society. We have a also a feature in the app where let's say you receive an information about what's going on in Afghanistan or what's happening in Haiti or down in from Hurricane Ida, where you can make a donation, a one-time donation. It's called Spave Now. So those things are really important, especially for the younger generation who really responds to immediacy and they like to take action as things come to their attention. And so we see that as being a, a huge opportunity for nonprofits. And we also have a section in our app called Spave Faves, where nonprofits who commit to supporting our, our app and, and promoting our app to their donors will have a feature in our app, on our website, and in our social media. And so that's we see as a, a real opportunity for nonprofits, in particular the Desk Fund, which is also a Spave Fave in
2: our app. So thank you all for all of that great information about FinTechs and about Spave. Just to hear and to know and see like all the way that things have changed the financial technology industry and that we have apps like Spave that encompass the whole spectrum of the things that, you know, we would need with saving and giving money so Susan while being in the fintech industry what has been the biggest surprise maybe with uh, launching spave or uh, when it was live give save like what is what's been your biggest surprise there
4: I don't know if this is a surprise or just a, um, a realization that how fast things change I mean there is so much new things that are happening you've got to keep your ear to the ground you've got to be engaged you have to watch what's going on within the fintechs and within technology in general. My background, as I said, was marketing, banking, and philanthropy. It was not technology. So this has been a a huge learning curve for me. It also was, I guess, when we were meeting with all these different organizations, how much further along everybody wanted you to be before that they would invest in you or that they would engage with you. And you'd want to, but you needed within fintech because of the security issues and privacy issues and all of that data management, those controls that have to be in place, that's expensive. And so you have to be able to raise enough funds to not only hire people to do it, but to make sure that you're maintaining it in a way that, in a level that is acceptable for any type of partner that might want to engage with you. So... I guess it was like, yeah, the fast pace of change within technology that's occurring and how you have to keep up with that, but also um, balancing that with our team and partners and investors. But now that we have been acquired, 80% of us, our company was acquired by uh, the Reseda Group, that has changed our engagement and our progress forward dramatically. So it's been it's been awesome, but we still have to keep up with that fast pace of change.
0: So kind of going off how quickly things change, Ben, you talked earlier about one of the advantages of banks and credit unions investing in these startup organizations and different fintech initiatives is that they have this trust already with their members. So when it comes to things changing so quickly, what are the things that you're doing to ensure that continued trust, that friendliness, and that accessibility, that user-friendly kind of aspect of all of these innovations?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So really, we're treating it as a partnership. Like Susan mentioned, you know, a lot of people are looking for fintechs to be a certain maturity level for they're willing to to partner or invest. Um, And we're trying to find people as they're up and coming and building so we can have some influence on what that kind of roadmap looks like, how the experience is, and really gear it towards um, something that's advantageous for our membership. And, And fintechs are able to be nimble. That's one of the main advantages of them. And then we created a separate experience with the lab on purpose so members could engage with products that are maybe less developed, less complete uh, and give us feedback on them to ensure that you know what we think the user experience should be, uh, what we think some of the functions, features that our members will care about actually match up with what they do care about and things do work as we think they would. Um, And then we take uh, uh, the experience and the feedback from uh, those members that help us there. And then we provide that to our fintech partner. And they, you know, in many instances are able to quickly make some changes and we'll either send it back out or it's ready to go. And we green light it, as we call it, uh, and make it available to the widest audience that we feel would really be able to take advantage of whatever the technology is.
0: I love that you're getting the membership of the credit union and the community involved and really looking at the feedback and the experiences that they're having. And it's really great that with the FinTechs, you're able to just make those changes and make it easier for people to use it and have that positive experience with the technology.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's been a fun experience.
0: So it
1: sounds like that feedback is definitely key um, in keeping things accessible for everyone. Um, how are we also staying on the cutting edge of fintech and making this more popular than not and engaging people in those communities?
3: Absolutely, so right now we've been limited to surveys mostly due to our COVID pandemic existence. We hope to do a little bit more engagement uh, in some innovation type events uh, moving forward, Uh, but really we attend a number of different events. There are a lot of fintech incubator pitches, accelerators, pitch competitions, accelerators. One of those is where we found SPAVE um, and, and really trying to see what is out there and what type of problems are trying to be solved out in the FinTech industry and seeing how that matches up with what we think our members care about. And then we also survey our members, you know, based on some of those thoughts before we actually pick what pilot we pick next. And based on their responses, we try to, again, match up technology to where there's actually kind of a market need, or in our case, you know, what are our members' needs. Uh, Sometimes there's also on the employee side as well. But sometimes with cutting-edge technology, people may not know they want it or need it yet, unless you have an entire group of early adopters asking if they want this thing. They may not be like, well, what's the point of that? What's the point of Bitcoin? You know, that's what people were saying. I don't know, I looked at Bitcoin 10 years ago and said, eh, what is this? seems like a lot of work. But had you put $100 in Bitcoin 10 years ago, you probably wouldn't be working today because you, know, cause you <laughs> wouldn't need to. So you know that's the kind of thing there that you, know, you got to look and see what are the opportunities. Uh, and really the point of having the lab and having all these different engagements is not all of them will be successful. Um, so we want to try things. We want to limit the, the risk and exposure when we try something that may not work out. So when it doesn't work out, we're able to easily roll back or just say, great, this was a great learning lesson. And really the the most important part of innovation is learning, being able to figure out if it's not gonna work quickly um, and then move on to the next opportunity. Uh, So really to make sure that we're on the cutting edge, having a good mix of trying the, the latest and greatest, and then maybe some things that are more mature um, then we also do things like we partner with Michigan State University's computer science program and have sponsored a capstone project for I think at least the past eight plus years um, that I'm aware of and we were experimenting with them and voice banking you know when Alexa started coming out like is this a good idea how do we figure this out and we use some opportunities like that to try out things that may or may not be the next big thing hopefully before and then we can get on top of it. When I was a developer long ago I went to a conference and there was this track supposed to be learning about some other things. And then there was this track about iPhone development uh, in 2009, which was just right after they released the the app store for third party developers. Um, and I went to that and then we said, Hey, we should make our own iOS app. And then we did, we worked on that. And it took us a little while because there was a lot of stuff to, to make it happen. But you know, that's the kind of stuff we've been looking at over the years at the credit union to kind of see like, how do we stay ahead of things? How do we jump on some of these technologies earlier rather than later and maybe catch them on the right cycle.
2: That's so cool just to understand and unpack how you know you kind of stay on the edge of that it sounds like it's constantly looking at things looking at the updates and things like that that may be out there. I didn't even think about like Susan had said when um, looking at like the younger generation and how um, a lot of us we want that immediacy like Um, you know, I want to do it right now. So how can I do it right now? And if you don't meet this right now opportunity, then I may not want to do it later. So it's just very interesting to know about all of this. It's got to be like a constant flow of ideas going around in your heads all the time. (laughs) So this is for either of you to answer. Do you have any idea how the financial technology industry will cater to those that are within like the data gap that exists in our communities. I think we found out a lot about that um, with COVID and seeing that lots of people may not have that immediate access
3: to the internet. Do you think that there will be any addressing of that? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of fintechs out there trying to solve pieces of that. You know, one of the more Maybe further along aspects of that is uh, what's called alternative lending. You know, We all know about credit scores, I hope, and if not, if you've gone and tried to get a loan and you can get one, there's a good chance that your credit score had some, something to do with that. But that's limited to you know a certain set of criteria, uh, and there are people in different communities that may not have had the same access and ability to build the right data to be included in that model. Uh, so they try to look at things like, are you paying your cell phone bill? Every month, versus have you had x number of loans and paid them all back on a certain time, or they look at how much have you had in your your account over time. You know, are you responsible with your money? And they they look at different factors that are not the traditional credit history, because it's a chicken and egg thing. Like you got to establish credit history to get a loan, but how do you do that? So if you're a student, you know the credit unions have got a of great opportunity to help you do that, but not everyone has that same opportunity. So fintechs are trying to solve for that. They're trying to offer products and services as well that maybe don't fit in a traditional bank situation. They're geared very much toward unique financial situations and helping people establish financial future. And there's a lot of groups focused on solving financial wellness, you know, in a variety of different ways. So, and increasing financial literacy. I know that's a huge focus for us here at the credit union is promoting financial literacy Kind of as early as we can, because uh, not every you, you don't necessarily learn about finances in school, and not all school districts have the opportunity to learn about finances. So some of what we've been doing at the credit union is how do we promote that financial literacy? And there are fintechs that do that as well, and they really help provide teachers and schools and even parents resources to help teach children, especially at a younger age, some of the the basic facts about finance, so that can set them up for. Uh, a better future if you know how to use a credit card if you know how to use a debit card if you know how to manage cash save for things and not spend everything that comes in early on in life you're set up in a much better position no matter how much money you have access to and it's all about catering it and personalizing it to the situation and fintechs do a really good job with that personalization and crafting an experience that meet the needs of those from all groups Uh, and hopefully we'll ultimately start to close that data gap as you called it Thank you for that, Ben.
0: I'm just really excited about the opportunities with the the innovations for SpinTech and while Ben was talking, I was thinking, oh, I bet there's an organization or a nonprofit group that could select using the Spave technology that gives back to communities and helps you know students at all ages actually be able to purchase technology. And so it's kind of like just this well-rounded circle of working on your own personal finances and that financial wellness, but also being able to have the opportunity to provide the technology so others can also partake in the financial wellness that is happening through the fintechs. Um, but we want to thank you so much for joining us today and just give you an opportunity for any final thought you would like to share with our listeners. Um, Actually, as uh, Devante
4: was talking, we did a lot of research, as I said, early on. And what we keep hearing from individuals uh, across the but primarily the younger generation is that, show me you know me and make me trust you. I know what I want and I want it now. Uh, Don't make me work for it. And I want to know that I'm making a difference. Those are the things that we are filtering all of our thoughts and ideas and features and um, that's informing our roadmap going forward. But I also would say, Amanda, to your point, we are creating a virtuous cycle of good that is happening. And good begets good. And that's what we want to do with SPAVE, sharing purpose and value every day. Go to the App Store and Google Play and download it today.
3: Yep. And then, you know, I would also just add to that to check out the mscocorg slash lab uh, to see what we're up to. There's always new pilots up there. You could read about what we've done in the past. You can sign up. Uh, we also have what we call our member panel. So if you're a member of the union and would like to join our member panel, uh, we'll give you access to the pilots as they come online. So you don't have to keep checking back to sign up there. And then also Susan mentioned Download Spave. We'll have information about how to download that on the lab as well. So yeah, uh, thank you all for listening to us and really uh, glad you were able to let us tell our story here.
2: Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be able to hear your
3: story and to
2: learn so much more. I think that With being a part of the podcast, we get the opportunity to learn so much about both our credit union and just other industries and things like that out there. So we're so appreciative of you coming in and uh, talking to our listeners.
1: And now it's time for the CU Spotlight.
0: MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union don't just sponsor this podcast. We believe in investment in the community. We have recently established another way of helping, the Dust Door
1: Fund, a foundation supporting the MSU, FCU, and OU Credit Union
2: communities. The Dust Door Foundation focuses on five philanthropic pillars, arts and culture, stable housing, empowering youth, financial education, and fostering entrepreneurialism. If you'd like to learn more about the foundation or donate, please visit DeathStoreFund.org.
1: Wallet Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Amanda Kahn, Devonte Montgomery, and me, Lindsay Morgan.
2: Our executive producers are Whitney Anderson-Harrell and Lauren Kalarczyk.
0: Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this podcast at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever you get your
1: podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.